After all this time, I still kind of hate myself a lot sometimes. I do. It's like, I mean, not that I hate myself, but I kind of hate myself. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? It's like I don't actively hate myself, but I kind of like sometimes actively hate myself. I don't know. Hate's a strong word. Uh, I'm ashamed of. I'm ashamed of existing. Anyway, hello and welcome to another episode of the Eating Alone in My Car show with your host, So Sad Today. Today, I am having a Milky Way bar. It's delicious. It's creamy. It's out of this world. I would say it's out of this galaxy, except I think that uh, our galaxy is the Milky Way. Um, Here's the thing about this Milky Way bar. Veteran listeners of the show, you know how I like my candy. I like a candy that can be eaten in multiple different iterations. So that's what I'm doing to this Milky Way bar. I'm not just like taking bites like a normal human being. That would be far too simple. What I'm doing is I'm eating it in various, I guess you could say, stages. The first thing I'm doing is I'm scraping the chocolate off with my teeth. Post-chocolate scrape-off, I'm then taking a chunk of the nougat and squishing it between my fingers, making sort of a taffy, taffy-like concoction, so that it, it, has a little, it has a little give when I bite down on it. And the third thing that I'm doing is dipping my finger in then what is left of the bar, the upcoming Milky Way to be destroyed, and I'm grabbing a little caramel and I'm licking the caramel out from under the forthcoming chocolate and nougat. Listen, we, this is, it's not an easy world. Life is not easy. We need to create uh, little games for ourselves in order to um, stay alive. At least I do. Um, And this is, you know, and we need to take our pleasure where we can get it. And this is uh, a way for me to take my pleasure and really maximize the Milky Way bar, really suck all the juice out of it, all the possible potential life. I actually, when I first started eating sushi, I used to eat sushi like this in parts. Um, I liked to take, like, if it was like a nice California roll or like a futomaki, I would do like, I'd go crab, then I'd go avocado, then I'd go cucumber, dip the cucumber in the soy sauce. Then I'd take apart the rice and the seaweed thing. Then I'd fold the rice and the seaweed back up, put it back together, dunk it in the soy sauce, and eat it like that. Um, I did that when I first started eating sushi many years ago. But um, I was then shamed. I was shamed. I'm still carrying the trauma of being shamed. I have my sushi shame trauma. I'm working that out. I'm thinking of going to uh, perhaps a group group therapy or maybe a, um, a deep trauma resolution workshop for that to get over my sushi trauma. We carry trauma in the body. It's not just emotional. I'm carrying that sushi trauma in the body. I'm still carrying it around. But so I don't eat sushi like that anymore in public. But sometimes in private, I will definitely hit the sushi in parts. Um, perhaps there will be an upcoming episode in which I fragment a California roll down to it. I, I distill it down to its essentials. And I say fuck you to the shamers, those sushi shamers. You know, I, I reclaim my power 
Everyone's always talking about reclaiming your power. I'm, like, too tired to reclaim my power, I feel. But, you know, eating sushi alone in the car in parts um, feels like a way of reclaiming my power that it feels it feels adequate. It feels doable. Um, and maybe that's what I'm doing by eating this Milky Way in parts. You know, maybe maybe this is an empowering mode. Maybe I am... I'm seizing my own power. Maybe as a woman, the ways that I've been disempowered. That might be that might be what's going on here. You know, it's never just about what's on the surface. As a poet, I could tell you that. It's always about metaphor. You know, and so what what really is going on with this Milky Way? What really is happening? Um, I think that it is my fuck you to the heteronormative, patriarchal, heterogeneous mega-narratives of society by way of uh, a corporate candy bar, by way of the dissection of a corporate candy bar, um, making it my own, doing it my way, reclaiming, I'm reclaiming the narrative of this candy bar. Anyway... So I feel like my last episode was but. I mean, like, maybe they're all but, but because I hadn't done it in a week, like, the glow of continuity um, hadn't blinded me to how but um, they all are. You know, and certainly I go for, like, a but aesthetic. Um, you know, I, I keep it I keep it shitty uh, so that there's an appearance of not trying um but you know underneath the surface of course I care I care um and so because last week was so but and whether you know what whether it was but or whether it wasn't or whether they're all but or none of them are but um you know I wanted to do something special today I wanted to do I wanted to take this motherfucker to the next level. Um, I wanted to do, do you remember MySpace quizzes? Um, I do. In fact, I've had a hankering to do one lately. Um, MySpace surveys, I guess they were called. So I looked online. I think Tumblr still does them a lot. Um, one of the fetish Tumblrs that I'm on, um, my little fetish, my fetish crew, Um, you know, it's, I, as I've said before, sometimes like a lot of anime will infiltrate the fetish. Like it's funny to see within my fetish community where I'm anonymous, like different people, people's other interests infiltrating, which I'm guilty of too. You know, like I have mostly my fetish, which you can read about in So Sad Today, if you're interested. Um, I have mostly my fetish. Um, but then, you know, every once in a while it'll be like MILF fucks stepdaughter porn you know what I'm saying like it'll be like or it'll be it'll be something totally or it'll be like you know two of the cocky boys fucking or just something that's not has nothing to do with my fetish and I know that the people on the other end are probably like oh man like why is she why is she putting this in my feed you know it's a very interesting community because I really it's a different kind of internet because with the internet it's like I know who, like, I don't know who, like, most people are on Twitter, but then, like, over time, I, I, 
I've actually met some of them, you know, um, people come out of the woodwork, um, you start to, you slide in the DMs, the DMs get slid. I actually prefer DMs. I much prefer DMing than, um, having a, I think my DMs are off, so I guess I don't prefer it that much. But like, if I follow you and if I always follow everyone, anyone who ever comes to like one of my book events, I always put out a piece of paper and say, write down your Twitter and I'll follow you just because I'm like, if somebody like gets out of fucking bed for me, you know, if somebody like leaves the house for me, then like, I will definitely like follow you on fucking Twitter. But, um, but I prefer DMs to like public conversations just because I feel like public conversation, it just feels so like fake and contrived and weird. Um, and I actually don't think I've ever fucked anyone via DM. Like, I don't think it's been that kind of quote unquote space for me. I'm trying to like, I know I've fucked some internet people, but I don't think it's ever like begun. I don't think it ever, as they say, went down in the DM. I don't think it did. Strangely. Um, I don't know. I could, I could just be like, I, I'm not, you know, I've, I've fucked a lot of people, so i perhaps I'm, I'm just only thinking of like, you know, a couple, but, um, but I digress. So, all right. So the MySpace quiz, um, anyway. Oh, and so on my, on my, in my fetish world Tumblr, sometimes people will do like every once in a while still, they'll do one of these surveys and it's like, but it has nothing to do with our fetish. And I'm just like, like, it's a weird world because I'm like, we are, we are so intensely connected. You know, my fetish, it's not, there's no like conference, you know, it's not like vinyl. Like there's no, no, we're not all going to the convention center. You know, it's not like furries. We're not all like meeting up in hotel. I mean, that is, that's fetish privilege. You know, that is when, that is lux, the luxury of a popular fetish. I mean, that's good shit. My fetish is weird. Um, it is, it is not the most popular fetish, nor do I know that I would ever want to live it out in real life. But on the internet, uh, myself and this tight band of, uh, merry fetish soldiers, we really need each other. I will never meet these people. I have no idea who they are. I don't want to know who they are. Um, when I go to, when I see their surveys and it's like, um, you know, favorite cheese, blue cheese. I'm just like, mm, like, okay. You know, or it's like, where did you grow up? Massachusetts. I'm like, that's fine. But like, you know, or like favorite movie quote, you know, I just, I don't, I don't like, I don't need to go further than the fetish, you know, like we're so close in terms of the fetish. It feels almost like a universality of emotion, you know, like we're connecting so deeply on this one level. But, you know, look, I know that they feel betrayed when I, like, post my weird, um, big-titted milfy shit up on there. And they're just like, huh? Like, this doesn't have anything to do with the fetish. So, you know, because basically this this private Tumblr of mine, it's just the repository for, like, it's just, it could also be called everything that secretly turns me on. Or, like, not so secretly, but, like, I'm okay to talk about it. You know, I was okay to write about it in the So Sad Today book, although I deeply regret doing that, um, because now anytime, like, a former boss or an aunt or someone says they read the book, that's immediately the chapter that I think about, and I'm just like, son of a bitch. Um, but, you know, but I'm okay-ish to talk about it, like, I, I, but I would, I mean, the thought of someone going on my little Tumblr secret repository unfiltered, I mean, it's just 
harrowing. That would be, I'd say, the deepest reflection. Not the deepest reflection. You know, I don't know if we are our secrets. There's an expression, we're as sick as our secrets. I don't, I don't think my fetish is a sickness or anything. Like, it's just, you know, it doesn't hurt anyone. It's just what I like. But, um, and, but it's like, you know, and, and the fantasies of it, um, really, more than, more than living it out. But, um, not that there's anything wrong with living it out. I think it's great that people want to live it out. Um, but I feel like now, like, I don't know. I'm just like, am I going to get in trouble for saying this? Like, everything I say. Like, not one thing leaves my mouth that I'm not, like, you know, like, I'm going to be getting in trouble in four seconds. Um, and it's, you know, it's a different kind of trouble than the trouble I felt growing up where, I don't know. I just feel like it's a different kind of trouble. Um, but anyway, so in that world... Um, but you know, I would never want anyone to like go, like anyone who knows me, it's fine if like all these people who share the fetish or have like adjacent fetishes, like sometimes like pee will make its way in and I'm not like against pee, but I'm just, you know, I'm like, ah, pee's not my thing. And it's interesting that like there are people with my fetish, like who are also really into the pee and I'm just like, okay, you know, let the pee float by, let the pee float down the feed. But, um, but I wouldn't want anyone who knows me to, like, go on there, you know, on, like, unchaperoned. Like, I would need to guide and at least make some comments and be like, ha, 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 you know, which is, I guess, actually why I am a writer in some ways, that need to sort of, what is it? It's a need to explain away, to explore um, I don't think it's why I'm a poet, but it's definitely what I think I do in my essays. You know, it's like, let me escort you through uh, the insanity that is my existence. Um, perhaps you share these feelings. Perhaps we are not alone. Um, but I don't quite trust for you to just go in there, like, unescorted. You know, like, I need to sort of, like, guide you and, like, let me control the narrative. Um, so anyway, so I do think people are still doing these surveys on Tumblr. I've seen them. But um, I Googled MySpace survey. I looked up a MySpace survey because, you know, it's the classic. It's the classic emo. And I found one that's uh, 161 questions long. I have not looked at any of the questions. I just scrolled to see uh, the length. I, I don't think that I will be completing all 161 questions on this episode of the show. I mean, you never know. You know, this could be a um, a double header, but but something tells me I won't be. But um, you know, I'll do some maybe next week. Uh, if if you enjoy if you enjoy the MySpace questionnaire that I am uh, giving myself, uh, speaking to no one, alone in my car uh, while recording it. If you enjoy it, uh, maybe I'll do some more. You know, maybe I'll I'll uh, I'll do the other half or three quarters or however far I get. So anyway, here we go. Question number one just says, last beverage. Last beverage I had was a little coffee in a can. Um, prior to that, it was a double espresso. I purchased them at the same time because I thought that the little coffee in a can would not be enough um, because I fear that nothing will ever be enough. And um, if I sound a little jacked, that's why. Um, I did not wait to eat the Milky Way. I, I drank both of the coffees uh, pretty promptly. Um, although I do enjoy chocolate and coffee, um, I, I didn't wait 
there was no waiting. Instead, I just really, I went for it. So coffee in a can and uh, a cup of coffee, or double espresso, rather, from the supermarket, from Gelson's Supermarket. Shout out Gelson's, where I still pass the cheesecakes every once in a while. I still see them there, and they call out to me, but I just, I can't go back. You can't go back. You, you can go home again, I could, but I, I know too much now. You know, I just know, I know where it will lead. I know that it will lead to infinite cheesecakes uh, for days and, and um, you know, diverge my life onto a path of the mini cheesecakes. So I just, I abstain. Um, but it, it's a little sad. I give them a little wave. You know, I say, you're somebody that I used to know. Um, and I'm sorry, but I need to block your number. So anyway, um, okay, question number two, last phone call. I don't even fucking know. I mean, I get so many of those spammies. Those, and now, like, apparently you have to, like, pay. You have to, like, pay to not get spam. Like, there's some app you can pay for that blocks. I'm like, wait, I have to pay to, like, block these. I don't know. I just let them ring. Like, I just let it go, you know. And, and I sort of have, I've learned the numbers, you know. I should block the, each of the numbers. But it's, like, it's kind of like unsubscribing. Like, I always feel like... Isn't it the worst when you go to unsubscribe and they make you re-enter your email address? I'm like, do you realize the level of effort it is taking me to type in a whole email address? How dare you? How do, I mean, that, that, that's like, that's like, that's hours of work right there, typing in the whole email address. Um, no, but I do think it's, I do think it's kind of unfair. I'm like, wait, why do I have to like, why do I have to perform emotional labor for you? Why is that? Um, anyway, question three, the last song you listened to? Well, I just had the radio on, um, and it, on 105.9, a nice, a nice solid Los Angeles rap station. I enjoy it. Um, I also like 92.3. Um, and, um, it was that song that's like, it's um, God's Plan by Drake. I like that song. That's a beautiful song, I think. Um, Drake has a lot of, you know, he's got a lot of fucking hits. You gotta, you gotta say that for Drake. He's got, he, he has, over the years, he has brought us the bangers. Um, God's Plan, that one. It's, be, it, it's a lovely song. Okay, anyway, um, number four. Last time you cried. I don't know. You know, as I've said, I'm not like a huge crier because I think I uh, do a lot of repressing. I think if I chewed less Nicorette, um, drank less caffeine, and wasn't on antidepressants, I'd be doing a lot more crying. But those three have sort of conspired um, to sort of blockade the blockade the crying because I fear diving into that well. Even though once I do, it feels really good. I would, you know, I don't remember exactly, but I'd say it was probably after sex. Um, often sex will sort of release in me. You know, it's like it takes something, it takes something like that to sort of release to to kind of shake me free. You know, shake me free of the ties that bind. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say it was probably after fucking. Um, I don't know. Can you call what you do with your husband fucking? I think it's just, you know, having sex. But, um, yeah, so probably like, you know, I don't know, past couple weeks at some point when I was having sex. Maybe past couple months. Um, I don't remember which which time it exactly was. Um, okay, number five. Have you ever dated someone twice? 
Uh, I think the question should be, have I ever not dated someone twice? Dude, like, dating people twice or thrice, that's, like, my shit. Like, I don't even think I like the person until we break up the first time. You know, like, it takes that first breakup to, like, rekindle the fantasy of getting back together um, in order to really be passionate. So, um, yeah, I think there's very few people I, I haven't dated twice. Uh, I think there's probably a few people I've dated who I haven't dated thrice. Or at least, you know, gone back and hooked up with, like, eight times. Um, okay. Let's see. Have you ever been cheated on? I know that I have. Like, I know that I definitely have, but I feel like I'm not a good payer attentioner. And so, like, I've probably been cheated on a million times and just, like, didn't know or something. I don't know. I'm sure I have. Again, it's like, you know, I have such a, I have such a long history of, you know, many, many escapades and loves and crushes and, you know, being in love with people who never even existed. And, um, I mean, I, I guess, you know, when my husband, when he like sort of, uh, broke one of the rules of our open marriage that felt like being cheated on. But I think like in the past, you know, it's, it's like, Anyone that I've been in, like, a long-term relationship with, maybe I, like, kind of didn't care, you know? Like, I just was like, eh, like, it's fine. I, I mean, che- yeah, I don't know. I think I probably, yes, have. No, I, no I, I know that I've cheated. That I can say with certainty that there has been uh, much cheating. Uh, there's been cheating. There's been cheating on my end. But, and I, I know that I've been cheated on. Like, I know I have. I just think, though, that I'm, like, kind of so fucking, uh, like, oblivious that, like, I just, I mean, it would be very easy to cheat on me and get away with it, I think. I think. You know, unless it was, like, in the very early stages of a relationship where I'm, like, still paying, like, a lot of attention. But it would have to be, like, very early. And it's kind of, that's kind of the point anywhere where it wouldn't be cheating because we wouldn't be, like, you know, we'd just be dating. Like, the part, I think, like, once I, as soon as I become monogamous with someone, like, as soon as it could be that they were cheating, I'm, like, not paying as much attention anymore you know I'm just like like it's fine you know whereas like before becoming monogamous that's the part where I'm like paying attention um it's sad you know it's, it's called it's called intimacy issues and um you know we work on them um uh, I'm, I'm doing the work the work is being done um okay so let's see have you ever kissed number seven have you ever kissed someone and regretted it um, yeah, I'd say everybody that I fucked from age, like, 21 to 25, um, I kind of wish that I had received monetary compensation, um, for. So, yes, I have, I have definitely, I mean, regretted, I don't know, to regret, when you regret, does that mean that you don't sleep with the person again? Because there were a lot of, like, repeats, you know, I was just like, well, it are you know, like, it already happened, like, this was a nightmare, but, like... I mean, they're here, you know, they have, they've, they've shown up at the door or, you know, we're at the bar, we're going to, you know, we're going to go home. I don't really want to, um, I don't really want to like be with my feelings. Um, so, you know, as much as I regretted having sex with them last time, here they are, um, you know, free love, baby, faux free love. That was definitely my, those were, that was like my very like free love years, AKA like I just didn't know how to say no. So I was just like, yeah, like, you can do what you want to me, and I'll call it free love. Like, it's fine. Um, you know, that was sort of... Free love was the way I, I justified my inability to 
um, like, say no, I guess. Like, um, it's sort of, you know, it's like when I was, when I was in active alcoholism and addiction, it was sort of like, I didn't like call myself an anarchist or a punk. You know, it's, it's weird. I was never, like, I was never a party girl, like, growing up or, like, in high school. Like, I always, like, hated the partiers. Like, I just, uh. But by the end of my drinking and using, I sort of was a party girl by default. If only, I mean, sometimes it was just me having the party. Often, you know, just me alone in, in my apartment. But it was also, like... I couldn't hang unless we were getting fucked up. Like, it made me too nervous. So, like, a party is a place that is conducive to getting fucked up. So it was sort of like, yes, I sort of became a party girl by default. You know, just like I sort of practiced like uh, free love by default. You know, what was I, am I a hippie? Am I, am I truly free? You know, uh, no, I don't think that there's really much of me that is free. Um, but... Uh, I would like to be more free, genuinely free, um, you know, and I'd like to know how to enjoy a party and have a good time, um, but having a good time and enjoying a party, you know, was not really what I was in it for, it was more like, okay, like, I want to be with people, but um, I, like, can't sit across from another person and have a coffee, which is still sometimes a challenge, you know, I, I, I like, um, I like crowds. I was watching a movie. Oh, yeah. Um, when I watched The Great Gatsby on the, the airplane, um, Jordan Baker says, I like, uh, she says that a big party is so much more intimate than a small party. Um, and I actually, I would prefer to be in like a big crowd because it's much easier to get lost and to disappear, like, and to vanish and to not feel like, you, like, it's better for my social anxiety to be in, like, a huge crowd than just, like, sitting one-on-one with someone. It's a lot easier for me because then it's, like, more performative or you can just go be in the bathroom for an hour on the phone, you know, just sit on the toilet with the phone. It's, like, I don't know. It just feels a lot more, um, it's, it's, I'm not afraid of crowds, uh, but I definitely, one-on-one can make me nervous. So, uh, in any event, that's, um, yes, yes, I definitely, uh, have had some, I, I would say regrets, usually the next day, only to, uh, just repeat the action, uh, again, very shortly thereafter. Okay, let's see. Have you ever lost someone special? Yeah, I've definitely lost some special people, um, some to death. And I guess some to life. Uh, some of them aren't dead. I just, you know, lost them to life. I always find it so strange how, like, you know, we're capable of loving different people in a lifetime. And it's like, are they all just, like, inside? Like, I don't know. I kind of feel like if you've loved someone, it like, there's this, I think it's Schopenhauer. I think it was Schopenhauer who's, like, says it like we've all lived every um era like because human beings like are not that different so it's like we were all we're all I don't know this is very this is very deep and metaphysical man but like you know we're all because like the human like there are certain primal fundamental human emotions like we've all already lived all eras um because humans just you know 
aren't that different. And I think that I would even go as far as to say that it's kind of like once you've loved someone, like, in a way, like, maybe that always exists. You know, even if you, like, don't even feel it anymore. But it's like, like, something having happened... Like, I always think about, like, my death as, like, well, the fact that it's going to happen, in a way, it's like I'm already dead. Um, although, I, that would be nice, because then I wouldn't have to go through the dying process. But, um, but like, oh, God. And, actually, when I was up in the Berkshires, I was talking to one of the writers about her mother's death. And she was talking about how it was, like, a very painful uh, death. And, like, how the things that her mom said, like, it just made her, it made her really feel very godless. Because, like, the fact that, you know, we live in a universe where, like, this could be the end. You know, like, it just seemed like we are not super taken care of. And, um, you know, I didn't want to ask her, like, what did she say? But then I, like, fell into a Reddit hole until, like, 3 a.m. Never go on, I mean, never go on Reddit, period. But... Um, actually, that's not true. I like, like, skincare Reddit, um, and I like rap, hip-hop heads Reddit, um, and I guess I like death Reddit, because I was on there till like, three in the morning reading about people's different experiences with, like, kind of a last word situation, but not, like, you know, not, like, famous people's last words, but just, like, what, you know, like, they're, like, reading about hospice nurses and, like, what the most common things are that people say and sort of, like, the patterns, um, and things that people say, which is, um, yeah, that's not the best, that's, like, not the best thing to be, like, on at, like, two o'clock in the morning. Like, you know, I'd say if you want to, like, get a, like, a, a chill night's sleep, I'd, like, maybe advise against going on, like, last words, death Reddit, at that time of night, but, but anyway, but in terms of, like, having loved, you know, I also, I feel like it's kind of, like, if something happened, then, like, it's always happening, in a way, um, so, yes, I have lost special humans, um, what are your favorite three favorite colors, um, I'd say black, black, and black are my three favorite colors, um, yeah, love a black, uh, also love black, and, uh, another color that I like is black. Um, okay, have you met someone who changed you in the past month? You know, I haven't met her in the past month. We've been friends for a while, but the friend tour that I was talking about last episode, the kind of things that she helped me implement over the past couple of months, um, in terms of, like, really, um, surrendering, which is, like, the hardest fucking thing for me to do, surrendering the outcomes of, like, creative shit and, like, work, you know, career shit and just, like, the need to be in control that was making me sick. Like, I felt like she really taught me or re-taught me, like, re-engaged me in tools, like the God Box that I talk about, like, re-engaged me in tools that, like, I kind of, I was only, like, paying lip service to, but was not, like, fully believing and, like, utilizing their power kind of a situation. Um, so that's, yeah, so shout out to my friend tour. Um, okay, how many kids do you want? Um, definitely zero. No kids for me. Um, 
you know, I, I've always wondered. I was like, will the biological clock tick? It, it is yet to tick. It's still not ticking. Like, I still, I look at a baby and I'm not like, gotta have that. Um, I think that if maybe in like 10 years, um, even when I was a little girl, like, I always thought that maybe I would end up adopting. Um, and like, I think, you know, if in like 10 years when I can no longer have a kid and if I do, if that like clock, you know, if I like find that desire to, to raise a child, I think I would maybe adopt. I think that's probably always been like a, a more sort of fitting path for me. But at this point I I don't even feel like dealing with anyone else's kids either. You know, I'm like, I don't want my own and I don't want anybody else's, but I could also see maybe like fostering, um, but, like, maybe, like, someone, I don't know, like a like a preteen girl or, like, a teen girl. Like, I feel like that's sort of, like, my age demo. Like, I'm very simpatico with that. I think I could definitely be of service to someone who is that age. Like, babies, I don't know that I have, like, that much to offer, you know? But I think, like, a, like a, a foster, a, a, particularly, like, a woman, a girl, I think I would have something to offer them. Um, so, you know, I could maybe see that happening, but for now, like, that's not happening. Um, do you want any pets? Well, as we obviously know, I've got the love of my life right here in the back seat, Pickle. Um, I have to say, having been away from him for two weeks, the love is like a, like my love for this animal. It's just, sometimes I'm like, how is this even possible? Like, how, you know, when people talk about like having kids and they're like, you know, it's a love like no other and a love that I, I never even knew is that is how I feel for this dog. And like the love, it just keeps like growing and like regenerating. And like, it's like, I love you more today than yesterday, puppykins, but not half as much as tomorrow. Like sometimes I, I just like want to cry. Like I can't believe the the amount like the depth and profundity of feeling I have for this street rat like and I, I'm just like he's incredible he's houndacular um really the love the love that I feel for him and I was definitely in like hardcore with dog withdrawal while I was on the road um like any dog that I like hung out with because you know I see pickle in other dogs like I'll see I'll see him in the other dogs um but I would love, you know, I would love to foster and adopt, like, some more dogs. But anytime we've tried to introduce somebody else into the family, um, I basically end up having to run, like, an anti-bullying campaign in my home. I, I just end up feeling bad for this, for the foster dog because it's like, I mean, honestly, if I were, like, a foster and I'd just come in off the street, like, Pickle would be the last fuck. I was like, oh, God, now i got to deal with this asshole like, it's just I feel bad for them. So I think maybe if in Pickles, I mean, Pickles only five, but I think if in his lifetime, you know, like, if it were going to work, I think it would have to be, like, a bigger dog who, like, doesn't give a shit if Pickle is, bu- like, bullying them. Like, they're just like, okay, like, little one, calm down. Because we've only fostered, like, little dogs, and that just, I, it just wasn't working out. Um, yeah, Pickle's like, listen. Like, he rules with an iron paw, you know? He's, it's It's his fucking... He knows, he, I think he knows that he's got it good and he doesn't want anyone else infringing upon uh, his situation. Um, okay, 14. Do you want to change your name? I mean, I've always thought that Melissa was kind of like a shit name. Like, I'm not into the name Melissa. 
Um, I mean, it's very of a time and place. You know, it's got, like, very, like, 80s Jap vibes. You know, I'm of my time and place. I am a Jap from the 80s. Uh, so, you know, my parents named me in that, in that, you know, that is, that is where I hail from. Um, I'm not about to go changing it now. I mean, at this point, it's just like, it is what it is. Um, and I didn't change my last name when I got married. I mean, it just seemed like weird to me to change it. And like when my friends change their names, I don't have like judgment on like any like feminist level or anything. Like I'm not like, you know, you are now the man's property. Like, how are you doing that? Like, it's not like that. It's more just like, dude, like, we all know, like, your last name isn't Grace. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're Goldberg. Like, I know you're Goldberg. You know you're Goldberg. Like, who are you trying to fool? Like, that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like a switcheroo is being pulled. Like, it just, I'm like, nah, but your last name's Goldberg. You know, it's not Grace. Um, okay. What did you do for your last birthday? Uh, definitely, probably just, like, hid from the birthday. I'm a big hider. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't, I feel like being sober and having, like, a sober anniversary every year. Also, like, being a writer, and so when you have, like, a book come out, like, I have enough sort of beautiful moments in my life that I can really ignore the fucking birthday. I mean, I think I, even if I didn't have those things, I I would be hiding from the birthday anyway, but I just, I can't. I can't get involved with the birthday. Um, what did I do? I think I did what I do, like, uh, my husband and I do once a week, uh, during the spring, summer, and fall in Los Angeles, which is just go to the beach, um, put Pickle in his little daycare by the beach, because he's not allowed on the beach, um, go to the beach, go to this, like, dope ramen place, and, like, it was very just, like, a day, you know, like, it was just, like, a day that I, um, went in the ocean, but not dunking. I dunked two years ago on my birthday, and I was like, never again. I was like, okay, that's enough. Um, let's see. What time did you wake up today? Um, you know, I'm a frequent waker-upper. I, uh, a good night's sleep for me is if I only wake up, like, four times to pee. And, like, it's only getting worse. I used to sleep like the dead, but, like, I don't know. Something... Ever since I went through a series, there was a series of panic attacks I had maybe like four years ago when I was out in the desert, when I was changing my medication. And ever since then, like I always wake up at like three and then four. A good night's sleep is if I go back to sleep and then like don't wake up again after that, um, after my three, four. But like, you know, I think I was like, I definitely, like, got out of bed. I was, like, putzing around. I had some Nicorette. I had some Internet. I had some Coke Zero. I mean, it was on. You know, it was, like, party time. So, um, I don't know. I went back to sleep, and then I had to get up and do some shit uh, this morning. So, I don't know. Like, I woke up again at, like, 8, I think. Um, Zodiac sign. You know, a lot of people think I'm a Pisces. Uh, but I actually... I appropriated that sign for my book. I might get called out for appropriating Pisces. I have no Pisces in my chart. Um, by the way, if you haven't purchased the Pisces yet, let's go. Chop, chop. Paperback. Grab a copy. Amazon, your local indie bookstore. 
you don't read, you know, give it to a friend you hate or love. I don't know. Um, but anyway, let's see. Um, but, oh, so my astrological sign. So I'm a Virgo sun. Um, I have a Scorpio moon. Very difficult moon. Said to be the most difficult moon. Um, I guess that explains uh, my difficulty with existence. Um, or just that I struggle with existence and astrology is bullshit. You know, either or. And um, my rising is Sagittarius, which means I smile a lot and can appear very gregarious, which sort of hides my, um, I guess, dark Scorpio moon and um, terrified control need for need for sort of the illusion of control Virgo like I can seem like kind of like outgoing and carefree but I'm actually um an introvert no I don't know if carefree is the word but I can definitely like people can think I'm extroverted or that like I'm really good at faking I'm really good at faking like all is well um and if astrology is real then you know one might say that's because of the sad rising um okay let's see Number, okay, piercings. Um, I've got four in my left ear. Um, I did three of those four myself when I was in middle school and trying to escape my body. Um, I iced that shit down and did it myself. Because, you know, it's like in middle school, you have, like, so little control over anything. It's like, okay, well, I can do this in my bedroom. Um, I also pierced my own belly button. Um, I still have a belly button ring. Or, like, I don't know what it is. It's like a fake diamond. It's so fucking... I mean, the shit is so early 2000s. I'm, like, very also time and place in my body mods. And then I have... I've talked about this before. My tramp stamp that's, like... First, it was, like, a like I got, like, um, a Chinese character when I, like, re- recovered from anorexia. And it says... I think it says fullness. It's supposed to say fullness. Um, I was... 17 or 18 when I got that and then when I was like 21 I got a lotus I got a lotus flower below the character and then above it I got the quote hurry up please it's time uh which is missing an apostrophe um it should be a contraction it's and it's a possessive it's and that is an ancestor quote which she actually took from T.S. Eliot that is my tattoo situation. Okay. Are you strong or weak? I don't know. I think I'm, like, strong but think I'm weak. Like, I'm always stronger than I think I am. But maybe that, like, means I'm weak because I, like, have no faith in my own strength. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of pressure to be strong. And it's, like, I don't know. I think it's, like, okay to be weak. It's, like, fine. You know, like, why Why all this, like, who, who are we? But I think I also, like, it's like I think I'm probably strong just in that, like, the shit that I've been through. I've, like, come out of a lot of shit. But I also don't think you're weak if you, like, haven't come out of a lot of shit. You know? Like, it just is what it is. Um, but I think that I do have some reserves of strength, but I, like fear and doubt that I don't but then I also like pretend to be stronger than I am because I'm like afraid of my own weakness if that makes sense and like vulnerability I guess um okay let's see which is better lips or eyes I mean I'm a sucker for like a fucking gorgeous pair of eyes but my eyes are kind of just whatever 
Like, my, I'm, I just have, like, small, very small, dark brown eyes. I mean, they're fine, but they're just, like, nothing to write home about. Um, but I have, like, I have, like, a decent pair. I got, I got a decent, I got a decent kisser. I got some juice in there. Um, all natural. So, I'll say lips only because I want to believe that, like, you know, lips are, like, because I, because my lips are, like, probably nicer than my eyes. Um, you know. I'll just, like, it's like I want to, I want to believe that what I've got is, like, you know, like, good or whatever. I don't know. Okay, let's see. Do you believe in miracles? I totally believe in miracles. For me, the miracle, the, the term miracle, I like to think of the term miracle as a shift in perception, Um, And that's sort of the way, like, prayer works for me, too. You know, like, it's not to change the state of the universe. Although, I like, I have done some witchy candle prayers, and that was cool. But it's more about changing, like, me. You know what I'm saying? Like, or being, like, open to being able to see shit. That, like, like, I can be so focused on, like, what is lacking, you know? And then if I, like, am able to, like successfully kind of switch into gratitude, which, you know, I mean, I've, I've said I have this gratitude list. I do try to do most days, but you know, there's a lot of days where I'm just like, like, like disgusted by everything. And I'm like this, like, I hate everything. And, you know, um, although I'm always grateful for a chef Boyardee spaghettios with meatballs. I haven't had those in a while and I fucking love that shit. I don't know why that just popped into my mind as something to be grateful for. But I think I'm going to hit that uh, one of these days on eating alone. But um, yeah, no, but I, I see sort of... So for me, like a miracle is a, like for, for myself is a shift in perception. Like when I'm seeing something one way and I like think that I know what the answer should be, you know, like I'm trying to find the solution in the problem and then I have a shift in perception and I see the situation from a completely different angle or I'm able to surrender, which is like, that's a fucking miracle. Like being like a person with anxiety and like obsessive and compulsive tendencies and actually surrendering, like that's a fucking miracle. You know, and sometimes it takes, like, for me, it often, before I surrender, before the miracle happens, it takes, like, desperation on my part. You know, it's like I'm not, sometimes I'm not even open to a shit, to doing, like, I'm not even open to sort of taking the action that might give me the shift in perception until I'm, like, kicking and screaming, you know, like, until I'm being dragged. So, um, so yeah, I totally believe in miracles. You know, and I'm not saying that I don't believe in miraculous things happening, like, on earth, outside of myself, but then I can sort of, the problem, the thing with that is that, like, when I start to think about, like, a higher power in those terms, I can get really caught up in kind of like, well, why, you know, why do some people get, um, you know, why, like, like, it seems very unjust, you know, like it doesn't seem like equal. So I, I, I have trouble with that. But when it's something more, when, when a miracle is like the, the gift of sight 
or the gift of like seeing something differently like that's definitely um a place that I believe in miracles um for sure because I've experienced it right um do you believe in heaven I don't know I mean I definitely think I mean being completely unconscious and not having to like contend with the recesses of my mind definitely sounds like heaven to me just like non-consciousness that does sound like heaven to me um so in that sense like I feel like if death is is really truly the end of of one's consciousness then yeah um I kind of believe that like whatever we believe like exists to an extent um and I do I do like like the the Buddhist view of nirvana um you know I definitely think there can be heaven on earth it's usually for me like an a momentary it's a reprieve from thought you know it's a it's a reprieve from thought um but yeah so like again I don't know equivocally like do I do I believe in like the Christian heaven I mean I think like if you're Christian and you believe in heaven like that's cool I always think it's so funny that as a Jew I'm going to hell I always forget you know that that like people who are super Christians um think that because I'm a Jew I'm going to hell and I'm always like oh yeah that's right I'm going to hell but it's weird I don't think Jews have hell maybe I I don't I'm pretty sure we don't have a hell um probably because we torture ourselves so much on earth um you know it's like really like could there be a hell worse than like what than the like guilt that I put myself through but yeah I, I but that may not even be true that Jews don't have a hell I also was told at a young age Jews don't Jews aren't alcoholics and that's like uh proven to be entirely true both for me and my friends some of my friends um yeah so um let's see do you believe in angels um well certainly you know I think again it's like as a poet as metaphor like metaphor is a big shebang for me um with angels I mean there have definitely been people who have been angels in my life um in terms of like helping me to shift my perception or like passing along some information or like a way of seeing you know and and to an extent I think that you can probably tap into like archetypal forces you know like it's like if you want to pray to St. Francis like that's cool if you want to pray to Angel Michael that's cool and you can probably like tap into that energy if only like the energy of everyone else who has like ever prayed you know um to them so yeah like I definitely believe in angels but it's more of like a metaphoric angel you know and it's sort of like I definitely believe in like second chances um which I know like the internet's like not very into second chances um like are there angels on the internet I don't know but yeah I think there are angels on the internet for sure because like you know have you ever like found something on the internet that like saved your life but I think again like angel it's more for me about like a shift in perception you know but that can be like super that can feel like a religious experience and like who's to say that that like a shift in perception is not a religious experience or is not like holy you know or is not like miraculous like I think it can be all those things 
You know, I don't think it has to be like a physical burning bush for it to be something like super holy. I think there can be slight, even the slightest shift in perception can be, can change your whole life. So, yeah, I believe it. So I believe in angels for sure. Um, oh my God. <laughs> I think I'll end with this one. Do you believe in yourself? I like don't. I mean, I really don't. Um, on occasion I do for like a second. Like, okay, let me think of the times when I do believe in myself. I believe in myself if I like write something that like I'm really proud of and it like feels like there's some things I've written that I am still proud of. Like then I believe in, in, in like the thing I've made. Um, but I think like for whatever reason, I'm just wired to like constantly be in the doubt and self-hatred and like maybe I will someday overcome um you know and like fall into discover like self-love but I what I more what I actually believe in more is sort of like the power of ritual like the things the stop gaps that I've put in my life to contend with my mind which are sort of like bumpers in bumper bowling like, if my mind is the bowling ball, or, like, let's say my... I, I've used this metaphor before. Like, let's say my mind is a car, right? And, like, the axle is fucked. It's never going to drive straight down the highway. Like, I don't, I don't foresee ever just cruising straight down the highway. But I've put these, like, measures in place, these rituals, if you will, and it's, you know, it takes a village, but it's, like, all different... You know, it's... it's um, you know, different practices and, and people and, and different ways of getting help. And I, I do them. And they serve as sort of like cushioning on either side of the highway so that I don't um, run into the guardrail and die. Like it's sort of like my car keeps, it's, it's not going straight. It's going very, very, very curvy um, when left to my own devices, but these things sort of, they keep deflecting me back into the center to like give me a chance at staying alive, you know, and, and that I, I do believe in those. And I believe to a certain extent, to a large extent, I guess, in my ability to be like faithful to things that, um, you know, keep me alive. But I also believe in like the, the wiliness of, of the diseases, you know, like I believe in the power of my alcoholism and, and I believe in the power of depression and I have like humility when it comes to it, you know, like I have reverence for it. I don't like, I don't, I'm not just like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I think I also believe in, in the power of, of sort of those things to be cre real creepers you know, and to convince you that you're okay, and then, like, suddenly you're, like, isolated, um, so, yeah, so, like, I believe in the sickness, and I also believe in the medicine, but as for me, um, you know, when left to my own devices, there's, I don't know, it's just not, I don't, I just don't have a whole lot of, like, you know, Yes, we can. But um, anyway, so with that said, 
Um, wishing you a good week. Hoping that you take your medicine, uh, if there's medicine needed to be taken. Um, and I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.